Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sean Shapiro. I'm a chiropractor from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I have nothing to sell you here except your own body's ability to heal itself if we just get out of the way and remove the interference. So tonight, uh, every, uh, every week, I have a few minutes where I just talk about a certain topic. And then we can stick to that topic if you want. But we want to keep the topic sort of like on actionable health items. Um, I'm not a relationship coach. Uh, nobody... Um, Nobody wants my relationship advice. Nobody wants my financial advice. So if you have questions about that, please DM me and I will direct you to the proper person on the Breakfast with Champions stage because there are people who have so much more to say about that. Welcome back, Nate. So tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, how we uh, go about our days um, in our in our homes, with um, with all this stuff around us that we consider toxic, and the simple fact of the matter is is that we do live sort of in a toxic world. And I'm not here to to scare anybody, and I'm not here to lend myself to your defeat in your pursuit of a, of a healthier life. But what I am here to do is tell you there are things you can do right now. There are steps you can take right now that will um, allow you to uh, not necessarily um, be as at risk of that toxicity uh, in the future. So I'm going to only focus on four things, and I know that there are a lot of people in the audience and on the stage who have a lot of different ideas about this, and I surely would love to hear them, but I just want to point out that this is breakfast with champions we do not pitch on the stage so if you have a product that you sell that you think can help somebody let your value be your pitch add value to the stage 
and then let somebody get into your DMs or get into your Instagram and see what you're all about and let that interest in you be your pitch. Because if pitches start uh, for people's products, uh, gratitude will interrupt. So that said, those are the those are the, the the kind rules that I've set down for this because I really want people to get a lot of value out of the next few minutes, and then we can go into the normal Q and A part. So. I have come up with a list of four things that are in everybody's home that are somewhat toxic um, and not just somewhat very toxic. And the first one that we're going to talk about is plastic. I, I swear we live in a plastic world, right? It is not just credit cards. It is also sur surrounds all of our toys, all of our furniture, everything that we get is surrounded with some sort of plastic now. And, Usually what we do when we store food in general is put it in some kind of plastic container. When we carry water bottles, they might be plastic. If you buy them out of the cooler at the gas station or wherever you buy your water, they will be most likely be in plastic. And I can tell you with some certainty that the plastic um, that, that surrounds your food, that surrounds your water and surrounds everything else in your house pretty much will have and will have and can have devastating effects on your hormonal system. These are estrogen blocking um, compounds. They, they will mess with the delicate balance that is your endocrine system. And your endocrine system is a glandular system and a lot of other people can talk more about that if they want to, but let's just say, your adrenal glands, your pancreas is, is part is part endocrine. Um, you know there are a lot of different organs that are part of this endocrine endocrine system that are affected by the use of and the misuse of plastics. So not only are they surrounding your food as containers, okay, but people actually cook in in these plastic things, and they cook in a microwave now. Um, this will cause some controversy, I'm sure, but you should never cook anything in a microwave as far as I'm concerned. And I've got my nutritionist up here, Sarah, I'm going to mod her in case you want to know who she is. Uh, she can tell you with some certainty that microwaving food changes the way that the water and the fat in the food exists and definitely doesn't do you any favors. But when you cook with that, plastic in the microwave, you are really off-gassing. You are really causing problems. Even if it says microwave safe, there is still some, some, some part of it. And this includes things that say that they are BPA-free. Flash your mics if you've heard that term, BPA-free. So BPA-free was something that they said you could not use in ch children's bottles anymore, but they never said you couldn't use it in other stuff. So it's still out there and it still exists. Um, so you have to really be careful of that. And that's again, another, another thing that, um, um, an another, an that's another thing that you have to be careful of because when they replaced BPA, they replaced it with something called, uh, something very similar to it. And I, and the name escapes me right now and I'll get it, I'll get it later. But, but those bottles that say BPA-free are, are and may be BPA-free, but they still have something that is not of 
natural origin that will mess with your organs. So again, if you want to look for a way to get around this, you can use stainless steel water bottles. It's better for the environment, for the turtles, the whole bit, okay? Or glass, which is really, really good as far as I'm concerned. Even at your office where, well, I guess, I guess a lot of us don't have water coolers anymore, but if you have home water delivery, you can get your water delivered in a glass bottle. It'll cost you a little extra, um, but I think it'd be worth it for you and your family to do so. So um, if we don't have any major objections, I'm going to move on to the next one. But did anybody have any question about plastic before I move on? Just on mic. All right. I'm going to need a cricket machine, it sounds like. All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Teflon. And again, this is going to be a hard one for people to hear because a lot of us use those nonstick cookwares, right? But the simple fact of the matter is, is that these, these flakes of, of, of Teflon will get into your system. They can cause damage to your liver. They can cause damage to your thyroid gland. They can cause a decrease in fertility. Um, they have something to do with hormone suppression, uh, mostly in the testosterone thing, I believe, and have been linked as a carcinogen that leads to cancer. And they can easily migrate after you've using them for a while in those, in, those, in those pans. They can easily migrate into the air, dust, food, and soil, soil and water. So these things get sort of buried, and they were never intended to be that chemical in this world, it's something man-made to keep grease from penetrating and sticking to pans, right? So, what is what is that? If that was just where it ended, then it would be probably an easy conversation for us because we can get new pans, we can get cast iron pans, we can get granite pans. Yep, that's a thing, granite pans. But the problem is, is that Teflon's in more things than you think. Not only can it be in your cookware. But it also can be in your pizza boxes. That's right. How do they keep the grease from leaking through your pizza box? Well, there's a coating of Teflon in it. So isn't it interesting that, you know, a lot of us, if we're waiting for people and stuff like that, we'll throw that pizza box right into the oven to keep it warm, right? Well, that might not be the best thing to do because... The, as far as I can tell, the cardboard is not a great substrate to hold the Teflon to the box. So when you heat it up, it's going to flake off and get into your pizza. And they don't charge any extra for it, but that's one topping you definitely don't want for free. Um, also, your carpets, Stain Master carpets. How many of us have those? And this was something, you know, I didn't even think about, but those are teflon based as well stain free anything your clothing if you buy stain free clothing i know a lot of people do that now they buy you know non non-organic um or non yeah non-organic um clothing that has that doesn't allow staining i think i've got a pair i think we all got the bird dogs right now so um the the, the anything that's stain free has teflon and this one's the worst one. This next one's the worst one. This one aggravates me more than anything, to be honest with you, because, because my kids love this. And 
Um, I've always known, I always knew it wasn't great because they did it in the microwave. Uh, but microwave popcorn bags, did you know the way they keep your popcorn <laughs> from sticking to the microwave popcorn bag is by putting a Teflon type surface over it. Now, I have other problems with microwave popcorn, so I'm going to give those now, even though it's not one of the top four that I that I see in in houses right now. But the butter flavoring, up until very recently, it created something called popcorn lung, and it's similar to what happens to people who vape. Um, and it, it the butter flavoring is what causes that, so it off gases while you eat it, while you breathe it in, and everything like that. Because who doesn't want to smell that stuff, right? And then now they changed it, but this, but they changed it to something that may not cause popcorn lung exactly, but it's a respiratory inhibitor. Uh, in, in, a, in a season where everybody is worried about a disease process, a bug that can cause respiratory problems, I think the last thing we should probably do is eat microwave popcorn. So if nothing else, if nothing else, I have stopped you from the, I, I have put a dent in Orville Redenbacher's pocketbook this morning because it, it ain't good for you. And then also microwave containers and cardboard as well. They have, they have Teflon on them. And as hard as that may sound, my friends, just get yourself, for God's sake, get a popcorn air popper the way God intended us to pop popcorn, right? Because that's just the best thing ever. And use real butter or think about using things like turmeric or other flavorings. You know, you can get you can, you can you know, other seasonings that are healthy and natural that you can sort of get away from, you know, the the trans fats that come in some of the margarines that people use to melt on the, that stuff. But, you know, pour some butter over if you want, get some, get some pastured butter, whatever you want to do. But just remember that, that there is a better way for everything. So again, these tips, these things are not to sort of destroy or erode your faith in humanity or an industrial society or anything like that. These are choices that you've made that I've made that, we can actually do something about. Now we talked about plastic, right? What can you do about that as far as the containers go? Well, you can get glass containers. And Sarah and I were talking about this earlier and it turns out that, you know, like the plastic, the glass containers also have plastic on them. But uh, she pointed out to me that as long as the food's not touching it, it's still so much healthier than a, a, a container that, is all plastic and, and disposable plastic at that. So take all of this with the idea that you can do something different. You can, you know, the internet is the great equalizer in all of this because there's always somebody who's come up with a solution for this stuff that you can, that, that you can sort of, sort of take and, and, and do a little investigation on your own. So again, for cookware, want to use cast iron pans or, or uh, granite pans. Um, in fact, I was in Nivea's room earlier, and uh, she, uh, somebody was talking, um, somebody was talking about the granite pans. She was from the granite state. We got a big laugh out of that. And again, make popcorn in an air popper, for God's sake. So, 
Uh, the next thing we want to talk about in the house, did anybody have any questions about um, Teflon or nonstick products? Dr. Shapiro, I, this is Kate. Hi, Kate. I have a question just around, I mean, I know we can look this up, like you said, but regarding the pans, do you have a specific brand or something that you really like? I feel like you go down the rabbit hole of like, what's the best? And like, wh like what should we look at specifically, like in the description to help us pick the right product? Or at least what won't kill you. Well, exactly. Or at least what won't kill you. And how long can you use You can buy the healthiest pan in the world, but if your wife or husband gets angry and hits you over the head with it, it can still kill you. So uh, um, I, think, <laughs> I think that cast iron is probably your best bet to go. A non-coated cast iron, though. And um, that, that is as far as I'll go as far as the endorsement, because again, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be up to a lot of different things here. I don't want to start recommending things for people that, that are super expensive and that I haven't actually vetted 100% myself. I know I use a stain, I, I use a set of stainless steel uh, pans that I think are pretty, pretty safe, not real safe pretty safe because I couldn't get my my household to go along <laughs> with cast iron. I mean, that's part of the problem too. So this is, I, I mean, it's just a pan, right? But if you're not single and if you're not like super motivated to spend hundreds of dollars on a pan, then it's a, it's a very complicated question that you have to navigate with your significant other or, or whoever sort of hang you know lives with you right so so i would say start with cast iron if i were going to buy a set that's what i would do i um have friends who actually collect like old cast iron pans because of their ability to um create um really good re re you know the the older the, the cast iron gets the more seasoned it gets the easier it is to use um so there's a lot of different ways to look at it and i wish i had an uncomplicated answer but if somebody does have questions, and I would offer Kate, you know, you have uh, absolute opportunity to talk to me anytime. Uh, just hit me up, and we can go through it together. Sarah, you have anything on this? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing about the cast iron. Unfortunately, you do have to have a little bit more time because you do have to clean them a little bit differently. You have to season them afterwards but they do make food taste great. And then as long as you have a scraper, they're really not that hard to clean, but they really don't put any chemicals into your food. You just want to season them with something that's not a vegetable oil because of the inflammation that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So if you're seasoning them with a high quality oil and you're scraping the pan, um, they're super easy to clean. And then on top of that, they actually do absorb a little bit of iron into your food, which most people are deficient in anyway. So it's actually kind of a win-win in the stuff that gets absorbed from it is iron versus these chemicals that are endocrine disruptors. And that's why I have her. She's 10 times smarter than I'll ever be on this stuff. So Kate, did that answer your question to some degree? Yes, it did, and I'll probably be messaging you anyway. <laughs> Thank I you. Look, I look forward to it, and I am here for it, absolutely. And I will be passing it off to Sarah when you do. Just kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. So, so that we've done, we've done plastic, we've done Teflon. The next one I wanted to talk about is aluminum because it seems to be, you know, 
in a lot of different problems. Hey, Tara, I didn't see you there. Uh, it seems to be in a lot of the different products around the house. Um, and uh, that that said, um, it's it's a big problem for neurological conditions like Alzheimer's disease and and other things that can disrupt a lot of the um, the neurological, not only the neurological function. Listen, so here, let me let me start over just a little bit because aluminum itself, iron, okay, even even steel to a certain degree, and the and and stuff like that, those are absorbable uh, molecules. But aluminum is only absorbable in certain uh, cases and certain types, and it's never a healthy thing. I think that there's a certain amount of aluminum that's probably used in the body. Uh, on a, as a as a trace, 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 small, 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 small trace element. But I can't even think of a function. And if somebody can, I know we, sometimes we have like chemists or something like that around. They can you can DM me or something like that. But for the most part, aluminum is a real blocker, and its its um, participation in the development of Alzheimer's disease has been disputed uh, quite a bit. I am of the opinion that it does. And there are studies that show that it does. And then there are studies done by the Cairn companies that say it doesn't, right? So I just, I just think that we need to think about every opportunity that we, that we have, just like you think about your investments, think about the way that we deliver the one thing that you need more than money, which is food and water, to our mouths, and maybe you might you might change your your mind about aluminum cans because they're not even really made the same way they were 30 years ago. Um, I invite you to Google how a can is made, and you'll realize that not only does it have aluminum, but there's plastic in it as well. So that's a whole that's a, that takes us backwards. So. Where do you find aluminum? Well, we find it in the cans, as I said. We find it in in, in foil cookware, and those foil cookware, those those disposable potluck sort of dishes, are not always the 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 delight that we that we think they are when we deliver them, right? So, you know, bring bring a hot dish with you uh, made out of ceramic or glass or something like that, as opposed to those to those aluminum uh things but also you know use your best judgment like if you eat clean if you don't have a lot of toxicity around you and you know and, and you've already done some of the elimination then you know if you have to use one of these pans once in a while it's not going to kill you you know all that all it's not going to kill you it's going to be you know, a, a great way to deliver something to a friend who needs something to bring to a to a to a neighborhood get together that throws out. But but for the most part, if you can avoid it at home, you should avoid it. You should try to, you know, use regular cookware. And I and I find it I find it I, I read some of the statistics and I'm not going to go over. It's like how many people use this stuff. I was I was quite surprised. So and then Sarah's favorite uh, um, aluminum in our household is in deodorant. And so I know this is, a, you know, this is a sticky, this is a funny sort of sticky thing to talk about, but deodorant's a big deal because I don't know, and you don't have to flash if you don't, but I don't know anybody who doesn't use some, 
The problem with most of the natural deodorants is if you've got an if your pH is off, or if you're if if the way that your skin uh, absorbs things is off or exudates is off, it's some will not work for you the way others were. So it's a lot of trial and error. And again, there's no easy answer to this problem. Okay. And that's why we have these products is because these toxic products work for everybody. They kill the smell, right? But if you are putting it under your armpit, which I don't know where else you would put it, you're putting it near a huge bank of lymph nodes. Okay. And that's a problem because lymph nodes is how you sort of filter out everything. And if you get it full of aluminum, which we all do, you can cause some big problems uh, down the road for yourself. So that's aluminum. It's everywhere. It's another sort of toxic thing that I don't really, you know, I, I try not to use at all. Uh, but let's go back one more thing to aluminum foil. So you see, I just told you that pizza boxes put in the, in the oven are not a great thing, right? Well, I would actually say that if you were going to keep pizza warm temporarily, that your best bet would be to wrap it in, in aluminum foil after what I just said, because it is more heat resistant than the box. And it will, it will not keep it warm the same way. I understand that and everything like that. But I would temporarily use aluminum foil over the box to keep pizza warm if you had to do that. So I thought that was a little sort of funny way to uh, call myself out on some of some of this stuff. So the last thing, last uh, toxic thing that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll get into the questions we normally get into, is uh, formaldehyde. And formaldehyde causes all kinds of problems uh, throughout the body. It can be one of the greatest sources if you're really toxic on it it can be you know one of the greatest sources of inflammation in the body it can block a lot of the pathways that we talked about earlier it can it can do a lot of bad things to you it's what we it, i mean basically it's embalming fluid it's what we put in dead people to keep them from stinking up and shriveling up for a funeral um so let's Let's try to keep that out of our systems, right? So the que so the question is, where is this formaldehyde in our lives? So if you smoke, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody in the room, but I know who you are. If you smoke, okay, you're getting formaldehyde. You're you're ingest you're you're putting it in your lungs if you're smoking in a in a in, a, in an office with other people or in a room with other people. They're getting formaldehyde, okay. And then here's the sad part: is that as construction techniques have improved formaldehyde has been used to keep things a little more integral a little maybe less uh a little more resistant to mold but the formaldehyde off gases and the way that we insulate homes right now um makes them pretty airtight so you know 50 years ago when you built a house you could plan on it being very drafty and those drafts um, while not good for the electric bill, but electricity cost nothing back then comparatively, right? Uh, not good for the electric bill. Those drafts allowed all, a lot of the toxic stuff that you were building up in your houses to sort of leak out. And that was a good thing. But now houses are so tight. I mean, my house is so tight.
that if I want to light a fire, I have to open two windows in two different parts of the house <laughs> to make sure that it burns well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I understand first world problems. I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is the houses are very airtight and you have to create drafts, especially when you buy new furniture, put in new flooring. Okay. Whenever, whenever you get something like a new mattress or something like that, these things all, um, they all have formaldehyde and gas stoves and all of these things are burning off that formaldehyde on a regular basis. So I'm not going to tell you not to buy a couch. I'm not going to tell you not to buy a mattress. I'm not going to tell you to buy anything. What I am going to tell you is, is that you have to create an intention around when you bring these formaldehyde items into your house and you can just Google it. The, 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 the best article I got on this was from the CDC. Um, the, and even and these are their recommendations, and it might be one of the first recommendations I've read from them in a while that I absolutely 100% agree with. I agree with some. I'm not going there. But, but basically, you want to try to buy things with low volatile organic compounds. Those are VOCs. These are paints. You'll see paint with low VOC. You'll see all kinds of products that have low VOC. And you want to air, even with the VOC, low VOC, you want to air everything out. So I think I put everybody to sleep with this. I'm hoping that somebody will have something to say afterwards. If not, we can just sort of sit here in the room and look at each other. But um, th does anybody have any, uh, any comments, questions, or like we can do the normal Q&A. We do that all the time. Hi, hey. Dr. Sean. It's Lauren Lavender. Hey, how are you? Phase five. I'm good. Great job. Okay, so you've got us all fired up. We're all panicking. We're all flipping our entire house upside down and getting rid of everything. What are some things that we can do to counterbalance instead of just removing things from our life? Is there anything that we can do to, like, combat it? For example, should we be taking supplements? Should we be rain dancing? Should we be praying? What should we be doing? Well... None of those things you mentioned are a bad idea, but the reduction of those toxins is the first step. Now, I didn't say elimination, right? I understand you ain't going to go upstairs and throw out all your pots and pans and stuff like that. I got that. But the simple fact of the matter is whatever you can uh, modify. Listen, you've been living with this stuff for years now, okay? It, even though you may, it, it, I don't know if this was new information for anybody, but if even though it is new, if it is new information for you, then then it doesn't mean that it hasn't been there all along. I say that to people all the time when I see that when they see their x-rays for the first time is that this problem has been with you all along. You're doing pretty good right now. Can you do better? Yes. But these are incremental changes because wholesale changes. And wholesale panic are no way to make any decisions about anything, whether it be your health, your wealth, or what have you. Does that answer your question, Lauren? Yes, I heard incremental changes and um, pray. just do your best. Pray, hope pray. for the best. Beyond Beyonce, like just, yeah, distract yourself, have a good time. Yeah, some, hit, hit Nivea up for some of the supplements right below you. She can, she can tell you, Sarah can hit you up. Can, can give you a lot of information on that. Okay, there's a lot of very bright people on the stage 
that can help you like sort of decide what it is you need to do to detox your life. But I think that this, that, that making a decision right now to like, you know, like I said, jump up and throw out all your pans, unless you're very sick, is probably not your best course of action because tomorrow morning, somebody's going to have to fry an egg. Sounds Thank good. You. Thank you for your help. Thank hey, you, Dr. Ron. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. So, do you have any other questions? Anybody want to want on mic? Anybody want to hand Dr. me? Sean? Yes, please. Hi, this is Monica in the turquoise ring. I have Monica. two things I would like to share. Please. Quickly. <clears throat> and day five, this is for you, girl. Um, number one, for those of you who are not willing to give up popcorn, you can, like Dr. Sean said, number one, the air popper is the best thing ever, ever, ever. But if you don't want to buy an air popper, if you have a good heavy pan, I know the whole pan thing is in question, but you can pop just regular popcorn. Remember like the old days, we would just put it on the stove with a little bit of coconut oil, or you could use avocado oil and just put a lid on it and shake the crap out of it. It's a good arm workout as well. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I have found, you all write this down. I have found an aluminum-free deodorant that are you sitting down actually works. I am not even kidding. I can't believe it. I'm in love with it. I should really be an affiliate because this stuff is amazing. It's not cheap, but it's called Humankind. They send it to you in a um, in a proprietary container, and then you refill it. So it's actually, you only buy the container one time and then you buy the refills. I am not kidding you. Y'all, you know, I work out like a fiend. I do not stink when I work out and it, it's, it's crazy, but it works humankind. There you have it. I'm Monica and I'm out. Thank you, Monica. I appreciate it. Uh, Terry, you clapping or you did you want to say something? Oh, you're so cute. I love this conversation. It's a great conversation, especially when it comes to uh, the heavy metals, right? My mother went on this rampage about 10 years ago, and I thought she was crazy when she's talking about all the deodorants. And I have that one, by the way, Monica, and it actually does work. So it's phenomenal. But I don't think any of us really think about how much um, we are exposed to. Um, if you just think about like, have you ever had like gum out of a foil wrapper or, you know, do you use it for when you, you do a cookout or have you ever had takeout in an aluminum container or the soft drinks that you drink from, from the aluminum cans, beer, like the whole nine yards, even tap water. Like when we go to restaurants, you know, we, we have high levels, um, all the time of lead and arsenic and copper and aluminum mercury in our bodies. And so I started to like jot down all the things that I've been doing over the years that I really haven't paid attention to. Like when we go to a restaurant, we get tap water. I can almost guarantee you it's unfiltered. And so think of how many times we've been to a restaurant we've asked for water and we didn't want to pay $4 for a bottle of water. Do you know what I mean? And then I came across this incredible book, guys. It's called The um, uh, Cleanse to Heal by medical medium Anthony Williams. I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with it, but he has this incredible metal detox smoothie in it. And it's really, it consists of like wild blueberries, I think spirulina, uh, cilantro, and um, barley grass. And if you take it for three months, you'll actually feel the difference in your energy, in your movement. I'm not sure if anybody knows about this book, but it's literally changed how I feel energetically. And my overall anxiety, all of that, like it takes away depression, eczema, 
like gut problems, all that brain fog we have. So this is an important conversation, Dr. Sean. I'm so glad you're having it because a lot of people don't sit around the table and talk about this stuff. So kudos to you. Thanks for letting me share it. Love you. Bye. My pleasure. It's always good to see you. Great to see you. Um, Christy, I saw you on mic. Did you want to say something or are you clapping for Tara? I'm clapping for her, but I also love the conversation as well. Um, I've been in health and wellness for many years and tapping into it even more lately. And I've been doing, um, I've been working on taking minerals for a, a heavy metal detox. So I've been doing the fulvic and humic acid. So um, it's been incredible. Like she said, once you tap into that and you start detoxing all those heavy metals out of you, I've had the best energy I've been sleeping amazing. My mood's been great. Anxiety, all of the things just recently. So yeah, it's definitely something to tap into. If anybody's interested, you can message me and I'll give you the details. But I, I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I think everybody needs it for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm glad you're doing all that stuff, Christy. I know that you've been on quite a journey this year. So I'm just thrilled to hear more and more about it every time you talk. The other thing to realize, folks, is that this is not just um, these four things were just what I could get out in a certain amount of time, right? That there are other things that that are in your house that can be toxic. And, um, you know, so do your research. Do your research. If you're somebody who's who's ill, like has these lifestyle diseases, has these high inflammation diseases, it's really important that you remember that you know that 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 what you buy and what you spend your money on really affects your health and th and the things that surround you every day from your mattress to your to your soap to your shampoo whatever it is will have profound effect on your life cumulatively and it's not just a one time purchase cuz y'all know that you buy the same stuff over and over and over again so vet it out right it's about 40 minutes in and I haven't done a reset and thank goodness Sarah's not here to yell at me, but I did want to say that you're at breakfast with champions. We have content going from 5 AM to set to 8 PM every weekday and Saturdays we're here from six to 12 on Sunday. We have club 111 with Simba himself, uh, Darian Sanders, one of my favorites, please stop by and, and, and listen to that. And if you like what you're hearing right now, you like the conversation, imagine what it would be like in person. Uh, November 5th, 6th, and 7th, Glenn is having a get-together called Grow Your Business for God's Sakes. Uh, link is in his bio. You can also go to breakfastwithchampions.live to get tickets. I think the VIP tickets are so fast, according to Tamara. So please feel free to tap into that. ASAP. So that said, we have a little more time here. I'd love to get some more questions answered. Does anybody have anything that we can go over tonight? Last week, I got everything. Oh, Dr. Rowe, how are you? How are you, Dr. Sean? I'm I am uh, great. Fantastic. I have a question that I'm going back to last week because I didn't get to ask you this. I heard you um, say that uh, I think you said there was MSG or something in Chick-fil-A and my heart just broke because that's my favorite place to eat. Can you clarify what you said and 
what is the alternative to Chick-fil-A if I'm eating healthy at home? Raise your chickens on your on your own there. I think that's the best. No, um, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> Chick-fil-A is a masterful organization. And I don't know if you know this or not, but our own, I don't think he's here, but our own Brad, I think he's on JT stuff. But our own Brad Caldwell used to work for Chick-fil-A. So he and I have had quite a uh, direct message battle about that over the last couple of days. So, I mean, we've made some jokes and stuff like that. But basically, Chick-fil-A is a great business model. They know that adding fat, sugar, and sodium in the form of um, MSG, or it could be called something else. They, I think, I think that I think the last time I looked, that there were three variants that they used of MSG yeah. to not call it MSG. Um, though that that is that that is that is their secret sauce, basically those those three items. And as good as it tastes, tastes. Um, and I and I'm with you, Doctor Rowe. My kids love it. My wife loves it. Um, we don't have a Chick Fil A near us, believe it or not. I got. I think I have to go like 25 miles to go get Chick Fil A if everybody wants Chick Fil A. Um, it's not an easy trip for me at all. But the chicken is made out of mechanically separated chicken. Um, and again, I'm not going to describe that process on, on this stage, but just Google it and look at what that looks like, and it might change your mind. Now, as far as chicken at home, this is a great conversation because uh, there are different types of chicken, right? There is industrial chicken. There's organic chicken. There's free range, in quotes, chicken. And then there's beyond organic chicken. So whenever I can, I get hold of the Beyond Organic. It gets harder and harder because there's more competition and there's still not as many farms as we would like for it. Now, Beyond Organic chicken is one that is pastured uh, in this area and probably yours because uh, you're, you're, you're in Minnesota. Uh, they, they, they will get some grains in the winter, you know, when they can't, when they can't scratch out the ground and eat seeds and, and grass and stuff like that. But nine eight or nine months out of the year these chickens these beyond organic chickens they are chickens real chickens they're out there eating grubs they're out there eating seeds they're out there eating grasses and they don't get grains okay so then we have the organics and the free range in quotation so the free range in quotation has a field that they can walk out to from the pen anytime but i think studies have shown that the chickens do not walk outside all that much, that they, that they just sort of stick into their pen and eat organic grains, but not always the best. And the question that most people ask at this point is, well, what's the difference between a chicken that eats grains, organic grains, and a chicken that eats in a pasture? Well, I'm glad you asked. The, the chickens that eat in the pasture get fat sources that are not omega-6s. And this is from like three, four weeks ago when I said, you know, our problem, our biggest problem in our in, in our diets and in our in our bodies right now is that we are omega-6 toxic. That omega-6 toxicity is further heightened by the more omega-6 fatty acids we eat. And those omega-6 fatty acids are what are in corn. And that is the ma major bulk of what those chickens are fed because that's the easiest crop to make because make because of all the GMOs and etc. So, we end up getting a lot of omega-6 fatty acids from chickens even if they're organic 
even if they're free range in quotes, and then definitely if they're industrial. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.